All right, so uh, back in the 1990s, uh, a lot of things happened. Uh, one thing that happened was that there was a youth group leader in Holland, Michigan, who was looking for a way to help the teenagers of her church remember the phrase, what would Jesus do? So believe it or not, this youth group leader created the very first WWJD wristband. And uh, soon it became quite the craze, and people all over the world were wearing them. Now, obviously, uh, when you're wearing one of these WWJD bracelets, the goal is to get you to think to yourself, okay, what might have Jesus said or done in this situation, and then do the same thing, right? And while it is important for us to think about what Jesus would have done in uh, various different scenarios, I think it's just as important for us to learn and understand what did Jesus do. And that's why this series is not WWJD, but WDJD, What Did Jesus Do? Now, because we are such an awesome church, we have wristbands available for you on your way out. Yay, us. And you can pick one of these up on your way out. They're absolutely free. Grab one and one for your friend if you want. Um, and, but full disclosure, uh, these are not WDJD bracelets. I know, I'm sorry. That would have cost a lot of money to custom order them. So they are WWJD, but they got this cool retro chic look. And uh, I hope you grab one, put one on it, nothing else for the series just to remind you not only what would Jesus do, but what did Jesus do? And when you think about what Jesus did do, the list is pretty enormous, right? I mean, he left the glorious throne of heaven to come to this earth on that first Christmas. Then he lived a life of absolute perfection. He never sinned. Then he also offered up his life on the cross. He, he suffered and died an innocent death to pay for the sins of everyone everywhere, around the world. Three days later, he rose again from the dead and he earned victory over death and the devil for anyone who would look to him in faith as their savior. Beyond that, of course, what else did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He calmed down terrible storms. Again, the list is pretty enormous. But one of the things that Jesus did do and that George and both Laura and George talked about a moment ago, one thing that he did better than anyone else in all of history was that he taught. Jesus taught. And so what I'd like to do today is, as we start this series over the next couple of weeks, is look at some of what Jesus taught. We're going to invite Jesus to teach us, all right, just like he taught his followers 2,000 years ago. And, and so for all of you here, for all of you watching online right now, um, I just want you to understand that what we're going to be doing is asking Jesus to teach us about certain topics. We're going to listen to Jesus teach about Satan, pride, divorce, hell, and the end times. Light topics. <laughs> just easy going topic. But what we're going to do is I'm going, I want to really invite you to sign on to this series. This will be, be a great series, I'm convinced, and, and I really do invite you to, to join us as together we uh, are his students and we listen to Jesus teach us. Now today, what I want to simply look at is why Jesus was such a great teacher, right? Why were the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth uh, 2,000 years ago, why are they still so widely admired and acclaimed today? Why are the teachings of Jesus and what he taught still able to impact people around the world today? Why is it that Jesus is so often considered the greatest teacher 
ever? Well, first of all, it's because of how he taught. And what I like to do is I like to read a couple of passages. One of them you'll recognize because Lord just read it a moment ago. But hopefully you'll grasp what I mean. The first verse is from Mark 1.22. It says, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. In Matthew 7, this is after Jesus finished teaching his Sermon on the Mount, famous Sermon on the Mount. It says this, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the, crowd were amazed, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. In Luke 4, it says, Jesus went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath began to teach the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. So quick quiz, quick quiz. How did Jesus teach? He taught with what? Authority. That's right. Jesus taught with authority. And the people responded in what way? The, pe the crowd was what? Amazed. That's right. They were astonished because Jesus was teaching with wisdom and insight that none of the other, teach the other teachers simply lacked. And, and actually, Jesus spent a lot of his earthly ministry um, clearing up and correcting some of the distorted ideas of those teachers. Which is why you would hear Jesus say, you have heard it said, dot, 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 and then follow it up with, but I say to you, and then he'd say this. So Jesus taught with authority, and the people were amazed. To really drive this home, though, Jesus used a, a very interesting word in the New Testament, and it's the word amen. And in the Greek, it's amen, but it sounds just like the word we use. Now, we use the word amen at the end of prayers. Uh, you can use it at the end of a sentence or a statement, and it means it shall be so or so be it. But what's interesting about that Greek word amen is that you can also stick it at the front of a sentence or a statement. And if that's the case, it means truly, or I tell you the truth. And Jesus used it at the front of the statements that he made more than 75 times. So, and, and, and people, I, I tell you the truth, or uh, truly I say to you. And people were just amazed because Jesus spoke with authority. And if you still don't quite understand what I mean, you try it sometime. Maybe you get pulled over for speeding by an officer. The officer walks up to your window, you roll it down, and you say, Officer, you have heard it said that the speed limit is 35, but truly, I say to you, I should go 40. I tell you the truth, 45, and you shall not touch a hair on my head. <laughs> you try that. See how it goes. Maybe you get a second ticket. I don't know. But see, that's what Jesus did. He taught with that way. He said, guys, this is the way it is. He taught with authority, and people were amazed. Along with teaching with authority, Jesus also taught with great creativity. Great creative. And of course he did. He is the creator of the universe. You look around and the diversity and the beauty of our, of our world. So it just makes sense that Jesus would teach with great creativity. That he would take common events and, and, and symbols and pictures and turn them into these stories that people understood. We call them parables. Now Jesus taught parables not just to inform his listeners, but to transform them. Right? He wanted to fill them with the joy and the peace and the life that only he could give. So please don't ever underestimate the authority and the great creativity of Jesus and his teachings. 
I know a lot of people today, they search for wisdom and, and peace and joy, you know, reading all kinds of nutty books or listening to me, social media posts from celebrities who you know, just spout off whatever pops into their mind. But I would challenge all of you here, all of you watching online, I would challenge you to carefully study, to dive deep into the words of Jesus and carefully study them. Seriously, allow them to soak into your heart, your soul, apply them to your life. You won't regret it because Jesus' teaching has never been matched and has never been exceeded. So let Jesus teach you. Second reason why we can say Jesus was the greatest teacher ever was because of whom he taught. And again, Jesus is just in this way, he's just so different than any other teacher. On one occasion, Jesus is in a synagogue. He's reading from the scroll of Isaiah. And that's recorded in Luke 4. Listen to what Jesus reads from the scroll of Isaiah in Luke 4. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus is basically saying that he came to proclaim good news to everybody right? The, the poor, the captive, the blind, the oppressed, the cursed, the rejected, the despised, the overlooked, everybody. And just to reinforce that truth, when Jesus was gathering together his followers, he gathered together the most unlikely band of followers that any teacher or rabbi would have ever gathered. Beyond that, Jesus actively recruited his disciples. Rabbis didn't do that. That was beneath their dignity. The student would seek out the rabbi, not the other way around. Of course, uh, any rabbi worth his salt is going to want the best students, right? The, 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 the 4.0, you know, the, the you know, honor roll kind of students, because that was such a status symbol for them. But not for Jesus. Jesus actively sought out. He actively recruited followers that no rabbi in their, you know, no self-respecting rabbi would ever dream of recruiting, like uneducated fishermen tax collectors, political zealots, and on and on. But he didn't stop there either. Look at this. In um, Luke 10, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, notice that phrase, sat at the Lord's feet. That's where students would listen to their rabbi. They would sit at his feet. But no rabbi in his right mind would allow a woman to sit at his feet. But again, not Jesus, right? Because Jesus came to proclaim good news to everybody. And in doing so, Jesus expressed something very powerful. Jesus expressed the heart of God, right? Not a heart built on dignity and pride and status, but a heart that sought to, to reach out, to actively recruit the lost, the unwanted the ignored, the marginalized. So what does that mean? It means that Jesus wants everybody to know God and his gift of forgiveness and life and grace. Jesus wants everybody to sit at his feet. So again, for all of you here, for all of you watching online, Jesus invites you to learn from him, to be his student, to be his disciple. Now, that word disciple, that's a, that's a really, it's a churchy word, isn't it? It's a dis, you don't use the word disciple in your everyday language. I mean, seriously. So I just want to share with you this. 
the Greek word for disciple is also, it can also be apprentice. Now that's a word that's a little bit more common, right? A little bit more familiar. An apprentice is somebody who's studying a craft or a trade and they're learning from their master. So when you hear the word disciple, I just kind of want you to subliminally think, oh yeah, apprentice. Because that's who we are, right? We are apprentices of our master, Jesus. The only difference is that we will never, as an apprentice, get to the point where we can say, all right, I've learned all that I need to learn. I'm done, don't need to study the Bible anymore. No, 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 no. The expectation is that you will always be seated at the feet of your master, Jesus, and always seek to learn from him. Okay, so when you hear the word disciple, think apprentice. Again, just much more common word, easier to understand. This is somebody who is learning from their master, and that's who we are. Now, as his apprentices, okay, and with Jesus as our master, Jesus has a trade as well. And Jesus' trade, his, what he wants you to do is to live the life as God intended, to live as God intended, right, to, to follow his will to, of course, live a life free from guilt and regret. And, and we can, right? We can go to God in humble repentance and we can confess our mistakes and our failures and we can know that God will wipe it away. We can know that because of Jesus' death on the cross, our, he, and he paid the punishment for everything we've ever done wrong, but because of Jesus' death, we are forgiven, we are redeemed, and, and God brings us into a relationship with him. And as his redeemed children, God gives us the power to follow the will of our master, to follow his will, to honor him with our, his, uh, honor him with our lives, and to, um, uh, to continue to enjoy the blessing of being in a relationship with him. So, okay, you know, we're his apprentices. Jesus is our master. What does that look like? How does that play out in your life tomorrow when you head back to work or whenever? Well, it might be that you take one of Jesus' teachings, let's say the teaching on loving others, and you apply it to going to work because you know there are some people at work who are kind of hard to love. Or maybe it's a neighbor or somebody at your school or whatever. Or maybe you take a teaching from Jesus like, um, forgive those who hurt you, and you just, you instant, you are quick to offer forgiveness. You don't wait, you just, it doesn't matter, you just quick, you're just quick to offer it. Or maybe you take another teaching of Jesus, be persistent in prayer, you grab that. And then throughout the day, every day, you start connecting with Jesus. You just, you know, you keep him in the loop of what's going on in your day. You're, you're just talking with Jesus throughout the day. Bottom line is Jesus is the greatest teacher because of whom he taught, right? And, and, and just, I want all of you to know, for, you know, all of you sitting here right now, all of you watching online, Jesus wants to teach you. He wants you to be his apprentice. Third reason why Jesus is the greatest teacher ever is because of what he taught. What he taught. And, and I know it's easy to mistakenly think that what Jesus taught was this long laundry list of to-dos. Got to do this, got to do that. Oy. Really, I would argue more often than not, what Jesus taught was, here are the way things are. And for example, Jesus taught about God, right? What Jesus taught about God opened up a whole new way to relate to God. And here's what I mean. Jesus was praying, and in Mark 14, he says, Abba, Father. Two simple words. But that word, Abba, is an Aramaic word that means tender father or daddy. Now understand, nobody on earth in all of history had ever, ever addressed God like that before Jesus. 
But here Jesus is using this word and he's opening the door of intimacy, an intimacy with God that no one dreamed possible. But Jesus says, yep, that's how you can address the God of this universe. This is the way things are. This is who God is. He is your loving, tender, heavenly father. He's your daddy. You can approach him with that kind of tenderness. And it was such a special word that the early church clung to it. In fact, in Romans 8, Paul says this. He, He uses the word. He says, you receive the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, in the Greek language, they have their own word for father. But the early church, they they took the word, the Aramaic word, Abba, and they just imported it into their teachings, into their their language, because it was such a special and dear word. Okay, so that's what, you know, Jesus taught. And and, um, along with teaching about God, Jesus, secondly, also taught about who you are. And what Jesus taught about who you are is that, and here it is, you are an eternal being. Yes, there are times when you, your heart, there will be a time when your heart will stop and your body will grow cold. Okay, it happens to everybody. But you will not cease to exist because you are an eternal being. And by the work of the Spirit, creating saving faith in your heart in Jesus as your Savior, your eternity is going to be in heaven with Jesus. Right? Jesus says in John eleven twenty six, 26, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. By God's grace, Jesus suffered and died on the cross for your sin. Pay for everything you've ever done wrong. By Jesus, through Jesus, we have this relationship with God, our Abba Father, that is right here, right now, on this earth. Okay, we enjoy that now. Because Jesus rose from the grave, we know that that relationship with our Abba Father is guaranteed to continue on into eternity forever in heaven. Okay, You are an eternal being. And, and, how, and the fact that Jesus taught that is going to, it's, I think it's going to impact how you think about guilt or fear, suffering, even death. Okay, but that is what Jesus taught. One last thing that makes Jesus the greatest teacher ever, and it's just how he lived. You know, I think this is probably one of the bigger reasons why we can say Jesus was, was the greatest teacher is because he practiced what he preached. He really did. Quick show of hands. I gotta wake you back up. Quick show of hands. All right. How many of you have had somebody, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was somebody in authority, but they said to you, do as I say, not as I do. You ever have anybody say that to you? Yeah, you just hate that. They're just like, what are you doing? Okay, how true confessions, how many of you said that? Yeah, it happens. It happens. A lot of times we say it in jest, but look at what Jesus says here in Matthew 23 says, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But, look at this, do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. <laughs> wow. Now, Jesus' disciples, okay, his apprentices, listened to that bit of advice. But you can, I can guarantee you, they were also watching Jesus. And they saw that Jesus, when, you know, they noticed that... Not only when Jesus was in front of a large crowd teaching, but when he was just walking down the road with nobody else watching, that he practiced what he preached. They saw that his life was his teaching lived out. Right? He never lied, never lusted, never gossiped. He was never greedy. He was never arrogant. He was never bitter. He was absolutely righteous without even a hint, a smidgen of being self-righteous. 
Imagine being around somebody who thinks they are always right. Now imagine wanting to be around that person. Imagine loving being around that person. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? And yet when you think about Jesus, he's this perfect blend of absolute virtue and true humility. And people wanted to be around him. And he welcomed that because that's how he lived, right? Jesus was also always approachable. I, you know as well as I do, there are times when we or other people can kind of be aloof. We just don't want people in our bubble, whatever. We're not as approachable as we could be. Jesus was the most welcoming person who ever lived. And that's why tax collectors and prostitutes felt like they just walk right up to him. That's why when parents would bring their children uh, to Jesus, he didn't shoo them away, he'd bounce them on his knee and hug them and love them and bless them and tell them the kingdom of God belongs to them. Jesus was the greatest teacher ever because he was, he, he was always so approachable and he still is today. So over these next couple of weeks, I invite you to come back and join with me as we learn a little bit more about what it is that Jesus taught about some of those heavy-duty topics. But more than anything, I, I just pray that you would sign on each week, whether you're here or watching online, but that together we would sit at the feet of the God of the universe, right? Jesus of Nazareth, the greatest teacher who ever lived. Now, between now and next Sunday, let me challenge you in a couple of ways. First, let me challenge you to connect with God and commit to being Jesus' apprentice today. You might think, I'm already an apprentice. Okay, well, recommit to it then. Commit to sitting at the feet of Jesus and getting into his word every day. Study those words. Let them absorb into your heart and your soul. Follow his will. Apply those words to your life. Honor him with your life. Be Jesus' apprentice today. Commit to that. Second, follow Jesus' lead and practice what he preached. Be very aware of how you act, how you live, how you talk, the decisions you make, the attitudes you display, everything. Be a reflection of Jesus. Practice what he preached. And then third, between now and next Sunday, love others by telling them about their Abba Father. Think of one or two other people, maybe just one person with whom you can share this truth. Someone who might need to know that the God of the universe is also their loving, tender, heavenly Father, their Abba Father. Someone to whom they could run to for any reason, for anything, and be received with open, loving arms. So join us. Come back next week. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you gave us the word made flesh so that we might come to know all we need to know about you and about the things that matter most in life. Help us to not only listen, but apply these truths to our lives. Father, Daddy, bless this series and allow us to come as apprentices ready to learn and to grow under your hand of blessing. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen.